Microphone, 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 check up. Microphone, check, microphone, check up. Three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. This is Chris Baca on the floor with Jared Truby. On the flow. We're in Santa Cruz together. Back it's kind of a big deal. In action. Back in action. Back um, this is the first one we've recorded in Santa Cruz ever. Back to reality. Back to life. We are back, back dude. To it's so good. <laughs> Yeah, it's our first Santa Cruz recording, so welcome. Welcome. Uh, we're going to rock a Q&A bomb for you because you guys write us a lot. We have a lot of stuff, and we're just going to pick a cu- uh, few. We are going to pick a few. At random and just roll with it. Uh, a couple updates. We are sold out of Big Steps again because you guys keep buying them, which is awesome because it's basically the best tamper ever. Ever. Let us know what color you want for the reorder. Tweet us or write on Instagram. We have a few ideas, but if you want something specific, be like, you guys should get pink with black tiger stripes. That's kind of what I would be into. Yeah. For sure. Um, What other updates? Got a couple new copies coming on the menu real soon. Oh, man. Yeah. The Hondo's coming on soon. And another Colo. Colo. Yeah. YOLO. We also have some fresh fresh Alita that's going to pop in the mix here soon. Free Alita. Free Alita. Uh, I wanted to just say thank you to all the people who write in and give us props. On uh, There's a lot of you, and it's sick, and we really appreciate all the love out there. Uh, keep doing it, because it makes us feel real good. <laughs> We're also podcasting in the morning, which is the first time we've ever done it. It is the AM right now. I don't think we've ever podcasted in the AM before. No, we're drinking coffee. Slurp it again. Oh, you want me to slurp it again on there? Listen, listen, listen. Listen, guys. This is real. Mm. <sighs> That's one of the coffees that we just picked up in Guatemala. Fresh, fresh, fresh crop. The refreshment factor is... Sample roast. It's out of control. It's happening. It's happening. Uh, we're doing it in Chris's, co- in Chris's house. My new house with nothing in it. I got shit all over the floor, but it's pretty good. But it's I, fresh day. I'm, it's fresh. Fresh. <laughs> keep fresh. Yeah. All right. Let's Q&A. Let's so drop we're Q&A. That, drop all that right. bomb. We're going to jump straight in here and get, get deep into this first one. It's slightly long, and we're going to play hard. And I'll maybe jump around, but... Um, Jump around. Our friends Jump stumbled around. upon our, uh, our podcast, this Cat and Cloud Coffee podcast, a few weeks ago. He said he's been binge listening, which is super cool to hear. He wanted to pick our brain about creating a, uh, a path to roasting. So this guy runs a coffee shop in uh, Oregon, and his parents opened it seven years ago. And they take everything really, really, really seriously, and they do a really, really good job. And they feel like they're starting to outgrow the current coffee roaster um, that they're using, the people, the wholesale. Um, it says that uh, their coffee's a little dark, but all the preparation and quality control and all the things they're putting into it, it feels like they're progressing past it and ready to, to move on to something different. The main problem is that they don't know if they want to do a multi-roaster or if they want to just pick a roaster or if they, they want to roast themselves. And this guy's kind of feeling like he really wants to roast himself. Uh, so... He says, the question is this, what is our guy's recommended path to roasting their own coffee? What roasters should they consider purchasing from small scale to gain experience to an intermediate scale to begin selling in a limited volume all the way up to full scale roastery doing 150 plus pounds per week in their own shop while pursuing wholesale and other growth opportunities? What does he, what do we think he could get away with doing in his garage at home? And when would we need to consider renting a commercial space with all the bells and whistles? What brands of small countertop and sample roasters would give us experience that could translate and be applied to larger commercial roasters? And what are some resources that you'd recommend to dive into the art and science behind roasting? I've already seen Scott Rouse roasting book for a while, or he's been eyeing it. I'm sorry, uh, for a while. 
There's a million different coffee importers. Where should we initially go to source green coffee? Jeez. <laughs> oh, it there's, goes. Yeah. <laughs> it's going. There's so much information out there that it's difficult to determine what applies best to a third wave market. It's actually a really good question. Uh, and then he finalizes with, I love what you guys are doing and I'm encouraging my whole staff to start listening. If I can ever carve out some time and money to check out the coffee scene down there in Santa Cruz, I'll definitely be making a stop at your soon-to-be retail location. Thanks a lot. Shout out to you, Nate Bennett. Thanks for writing in. It's a big Whopper. It's a big Whopper. It's like <laughs> there's a box of Whoppers at the grocery store. And then when you go to the movies, it's like the carton of Whoppers. Yeah. It's he's, the big Whopper. He just asked a lot of the questions that. So, Nate, some of this is going to be just based on like. Where is he again? Uh, he's near Portland, but he's not in Portland. Okay. Oregon. Because, I mean, the thing is, is this. There's a lot of great importers. And so you could probably establish a good relationship with a lot of them. You know? That part's interesting to me. Yeah, the green part. Yeah, because green coffee, there's people everywhere ready to sell you quality green coffee. Yeah, I mean, you've got Cafe Imports, you've got Atlases, you've got your Red Fox, you've got your coffee shrubs, you've got all... It's not like 10 years ago where you can't get good green coffee. No. You, you can definitely get good green coffee. Yeah. Which that was one of the big holdups in the past decade when you're looking to start a roaster you're like dude i don't even know how buying coffee works do yeah. i just go get random spot coffee because that doesn't seem very cool mm -hmm. it's not sexy doesn't taste as good depending you yeah know? i mean um, there's there's even specialized I mean, there are good spot coffees there are good you know? spot coffees all over the place i mean they're specialized that's what that's what importers do right they go out and they pick good coffees and they buy them hoping to resell them to other people right i'm yeah when i say spot i'm kind of I'm a, I'm actually misusing the term a little bit, so I'm kind of referring to like big crazy warehouse with, you know, untraceable coffee that nobody cares about that's just been sitting for maybe a year right. or two right. or something. But yeah, the specialty importing game is hot right now because they know that there's a market for it and they're coming to get it. They're coming to get it, right? Yeah. So take your pick. I mean, you're gonna have to cut through a ton of coffees to find what you like. Everybody's got a different flavor profile that they're looking for, or yep. something different that will fit their market, but. Mm -hmm. You should not let the green coffee situation. That shouldn't be. A, that's a minor speed bump. Yeah. To getting going. I mean, there's there's Inner America. So there's there's a bunch of names. There's like specialized places like TG Labs that just go straight to Guatemala only. There's Royal Coffee. There's like there's coffee all over the place, and that's just all kind of West Coasty stuff. You know, there's um, things that I would consider if I were you are like costs. Like, will they hold your coffee for X amount of dollars when you buy it in their warehouse, or do you need to bring it all home? And uh, there's there's many different fees and at the end of the day they're all going to be able to find you good coffee and they're all great people so there's there's different things to consider there and it's it's more business related than maybe potentially like the ability to get quality coffee so maybe start there email a bunch of them coffee shrub also gives good coffee just hit up a bunch of them and ask for samples and know ahead of the time like for your menu what you're seeking out because it's going to be really easy to get overwhelmed and have like thousands of samples which kind of brings us to a question you asked what coffee roaster should he get at home to get started and i'm a big fan of the san franciscan there's a san franciscan one pounder i like awesome, it. awesome super rad really expensive mm -hmm. worth it um there's the little like tabletop like that hucky thing the 500 or whatever yeah i think it goes on the stove and have you seen that? Yeah. You like put it on a burner and that's where it gets its heat from. It looks pretty sweet. It's probably you could, awesome. You can look it up. Um, I think Ambex makes some little ones or American Roaster Core. The only really small drum type roaster that I've ever used is a San Franciscan. Yeah. And I mean, you can kind of 
theoretically mimic a roast. Not really, because there's no air control, but... You can get familiar with roasting. You can get familiar with roasting that way and curving. The newer coffees. ones do have a, a like a baffle on it. Oh, they do? Yeah. So, roll in the old school. So you can, you can adjust the airflow a little bit. Um, but really, I mean, just get any roaster, any kind of drum over flame roaster and right. start practicing. Like you don't, that's all you need to do at the you end of the day. You don't need to spend like a million dollars. Just get something mm-hmm. and start experimenting. Don't let those little things hold you up. I think the bigger questions are like, how much can I do in my garage? Yeah. You're not, when gonna, is that going to be a pain in the ass? It's going to be a pain in the ass. It's going right to be a pain away. in the ass right away. It's you need a real suck. roaster. If you're going to like do it for your cafe. So there's two things you could do. You could get a little, you know, six pounder or three kilo or something that you could easily fit in your garage. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the laws are like up there, but in California, it's pretty deep. You definitely can't just put a roaster in your garage. No, it's you could probably fr- fly under the radar if you're careful, but you got to vent that thing. You got to get gas for it unless you want to go propane, which, you know, some people make like the six pounder propanes or that few kilo propanes. Then you've got tanks. And then the biggest pain in the ass with that is that you've got a really small batch size. And if you're going to yep. try to do a full wholesale or even supply your cafe, you said you do like 150 pounds a week. Think of how many batches that is on a smaller roaster. Six, you, six goes into 150 how many times? I don't do math, but you do, and I can't figure that out. Yeah, dude. It's a lot of pa- it's a lot of batches. Let's try. I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna do it right now. I got a I've got a Matthewlator. For a, 150? AKA iPhone. 150 six divided by 40 six, batches. Just 25 batches. Yeah. Which batch should be like, yeah, exactly. It's you a lot account of for some loss in there. You're you, you're you're roasting, you know minimum count, count yourself like 15 minutes of roast times 25 just for a week get at least a 12 kilo yeah, roaster save yourself the time dude i mean some people have gone smaller but you're gonna grow out of that really really fast yeah, yeah. it's what what is your time worth for you yeah, exactly. and then in a garage too that's that's where the other thing comes in it's like okay cool you can get away with roasting in your garage how big is your garage and how much of a pain in the ass is it to have green inventory bagging shipping like there's a whole it's a whole different business yeah you're already starting maxed out with a six uh, pound roaster or like uh or just being in a really, being really i mean our space is gonna be small too but yeah but we're just gonna have to crank we're just gonna have to crank we're gonna um have to, we'll have a storage unit man i yeah ideally ideally you can just get a space i mean I, try to get a 12 kilo try to get a 12 get kilo a in a proper warehouse yeah you could probably get a warehouse for cheap yeah relatively right yeah as long as it has gas I think the emissions situation in Oregon is, is quite a bit more flex than it is in California. California, I think, is the worst. Old. I think we're intense here. Yeah, it's the worst ever. But here's the thing, bro, Montana. I don't know if you listen back to our boy um, from Evocation, but he got shut down for doing it in his garage, and he had to stop like immediately. And he did whole, he was doing wholesale, so he had to figure out some things. So anyways, think about that. <clears throat> Uh, what was some of the other stuff? I mean, I guess we're answering all of his questions. I would definitely get the get Rayo's book. There's some like, there's some quanti- quantifiable like basic things to learn, and then what happens is you need to just apply your taste buds and what you're looking for to what you learned from that book and try things. Right? Yeah, read as much as you can. I guess the biggest question is, do you roast or do you buy multi roaster? And that really depends on. Do you want to manage a whole other business? You know, some people don't want to manage a whole other business because if you run it right, it's a whole different business. Yeah. Especially when you get into wholesale, 
wholesale is rad. You get to have people buying your coffee, but it's not easy. It's pretty competitive. And if you want to give customer service, it's going to take a lot of time and energy. And even just green buying for roasting coffee, you need to be projecting and like inventory logistics, cash cash flow, holding it down and like paying for all that stuff. You're, You're jumping into a whole different world that I think is worth it, but you have to know that you're ready for it and like think about it. It's not just as simple as like, we're going to roast now. Let's get a roaster. Yeah. It's worth it if you want it. Or if you decide that you don't want to do wholesale and just roast for yourself, we're just going to put in a shop roaster. That could be cool. Five kilo. Yeah. We never have to grow out of like a couple hundred pounds or whatever. And then that'd be tight. Yeah. If your end goal is not too deep, that's a really fun, like exciting method. 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 Pathway. It's an exciting method. Pathed methway. It's an exciting method of pathway. <laughs> methway. <laughs> it's an exciting method, man. I like that. I hope. Does that answer the question enough? Uh, it definitely gives him a lot of information to mull over. Because at the end of the day, we aren't supposed to answer his. We're supposed to, you know what I'm saying? Like we're answering his question to the best of our ability, but it's his business. Yeah, I would say that if you think if you want to own a roasting company, anything that's not a hell yes is a no. If you're like, I kind of want to do it, you should probably not do it. Definitely. If you're like, it might be cool, and I think it's, you you should just buy a multi-roaster until you're like ready to rage. Because there's a ton of good roasters out there. I mean, the internet has them all. Oh, the internet. They're full of stuff. Internet's full of stuff. Should we jump to another queue? Yeah, I was actually going to pull up one from Julio, because I thought about uh, it. Oh, Julio from Guatemala? Yeah, because he had this question about... Um, brew methods that was pretty interesting and it was interesting but let me pull it up here everybody in the world so if you guys remember Julio he was the third place in the Guatemalan championships last year we helped him cup and find a coffee for this year so he's in full-on training mode he's been kind of sending us updates he's a super nice cat yeah he is he emailed us to asked these questions and then also said i gave the coffee that we picked out to this expert cupper in guatemala and he said the coffee's awesome <laughs> so excited good job and we're like, thanks bro and then some stuff in spanish which is awesome yes yeah, i love it when he throws it in there and he throws in the translation too he's such a guy he's all right such a guy so here's his questions what kind of flavor can we expect to get with different methods for example i feel like chemex we have less bitter and more sweet flavor right what flavors can we expect to be found in a V60, Clever, AeroPress, Kalita? Thanks for your help. See you later. Pretty crazy question. It's a crazy question because I think it's totally valid, and I think a lot of people might in there. So you guys might not like what I have to say about this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, <laughs> I think there's some differences in these brew methods, but I think ultimately the flavors that are going to be... I mean, some of them obviously, like the AeroPress is going to taste different and sort of the clever, but like with the V60 and the Kalita and the Chemex, I don't think there's going to be like, you're not going to say in my mind, like one of them is going to make sweeter coffee than the other ones. And one is going to make less bitter coffee. That all has to do with extraction method. Yeah. If one's more sweet or less bitter or more bitter, it's because you brewed it differently. Yeah. I mean, we can break it down into like a couple categories, which you already did. So that category one is like, coffee through water through a paper filter at yep. atmospheric pressure and that's any pour over brewer that you want to do whether it's a chemex or a Kalita or a v60 or bee a melita dripper yeah. with the bee house and yeah you can write in and tell us about how actually these has these lines and this one extracts differently in flat bottom versus cone 
It's water through coffee in a paper filter. Deal with it. And you've been a victim of marketing. You've been a victim of marketing, and that's fair. And I definitely have my favorites out of those, but it's not... It's just I can't go as far as to say as that like you can only make good coffee out of a Kalita Wave, and good luck trying to make it in a Chemex. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the Kalita Wave just has some, like... Uh, it's almost like cheat codes. It's got restrictors in there for you, so you it makes it maybe a little easier. But you can make coffee equally as great on all of those brew, brew methods. Yeah, so... You're going to need to, for Julio, the difference in those, it's going to be the same. So measure, you know, note your measurements. So we're assuming that you're weighing input, output, you're tracking your time frame and that you're pouring pretty consistently. You can go so far as to, you know, pull out a refractometer and measure all those kinds of things, get your mojo to go on your phone, but you should be able to make good coffee out of those. Any of those paper filters are going to make clean, sweet coffee when done correctly. Yep. And... I don't really like the bitterness in my coffee, so I'm just going to try to get as least amount of bitterness as possible. Yeah, screw bitterness. While still having some balance, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you've got the other... What are some of the other... Clever. Clever. Which is like, you know, it's the mix of this full immersion, but it's... We're, we're drinking a Clever well. right now. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. I love the Clever because it's really easy to do. Yep. Uh, full immersion, and you've got the benefit of a paper filter if you want it, which, which we did, so it's really easy to do. The cup's really clean. Yep. Decent body, no big deal. Um, where it gets really different is if you start throwing in, I think, like metal filtration mm-hmm. or pressurized brewing. Yeah. So AeroPress is going to be a little bit different. You can use paper filter or you can go the Kohi Labs or Able Disc or whatever. I used to use a lot of the metal stuff because it was easy, but now I'm in the paper zone. Still clean coffee, but I'll do like a shorter brew time and I'll maybe updose a little bit mm-hmm. just because I want the heavier weight in that. It's just personal preference. Feel Fre- you. You know, French press or anything with a metal filter, you're going to have a little less clarity of flavor. A little more body. A little more body. There's going to be some sediment. Is that good or bad? You decide. <laughs> it just depends on what you want. I'm not that guy that's like, oh my gosh, there was like three grains of coffee. This is bullshit. Check out my agenda. Yeah, check out my agenda. It's like, <laughs> what? I make good French press all the time. <laughs> So, so yeah, don't listen to anybody who tells you what's right or wrong. Yeah, about track, that stuff, dude. track your stats, adjust your brewer to max it out and just be aware of what you're brewing in. So if you're upset that your French press is maybe not as clean as your Chemex, that's just the way life works, you know, <laughs> unless you want to make it and pour it through a filter, but don't try to make it into something. It's not just appreciate it for what it is and you'll be fine. I'm looking in my cupboard right now to see. What's going on? But yeah, I mean... Those are pretty much all the big ones. No brewer is going to really accentuate sweetness or bitterness more than any other one. No, your brew ratios, time, and co- and water temperature are going to be a big part of it. Yeah. And grind setting. And some will have more clarity, maybe sparkle. Yeah. But not sweetness. Nope. Bitterness, you're probably over-extracted or something's going on. Yeah, don't... Coffee to water. Mess it up, don't Doug. Just, Doug, just keep it real. <laughs> oh, Doug. So the moral of the story is appreciate things for what they are, you know? Yeah. You can change the game, but you don't actually need to. Hope that wasn't a little rant. <laughs> I don't feel strongly about that no. at all. Um, mm. Okay, I got this one. This yeah, one's next really one. really good. This one's the banger if you guys have been waiting. <laughs> Hi, guys. I love listening to the podcast every week. It's awesome to hear people in the industry discussing their approach to coffee. I especially like hearing you guys discuss roasting a few weeks ago. I feel like there's a lot of dialogue out there on brewing, but not so much on roasting. Yes, people love to keep their secrets. I work at a wholesale roaster in Richmond, Virginia, where I roast and do a lot of training for wholesale clients. I've taken a lot of SCAA courses, Barista Level 1 Cert, Barista Level 2, Gold Cup, Roaster Level 1. 
and recently took the instructor development program so I can start assisting with SCAA training. A lot of SCAA class material differs from what leaders in the industry are doing. What is really killing it on espresso, one to two ratio with an 18 to 21 gram dose or ratios on the coffee control chart or don't always line up with what is tasting the best or what a lot of people I respect in the industry are doing. Those are just a couple of examples. I know Chris is an SCAA lead instructor, this is true, and taught at Barista Camp this year. I was wondering what your approach is when teaching these courses. I know the fundamentals the SCAA is teaching are pretty solid, but when it comes to some of the material you disagree with, how do you present it? I definitely use the coffee control chart and a lot of espresso parameters, but I'm certainly not confined by them and sometimes yield a better result when I deviate from them. I was just wondering... What? Oh, yeah. I was just wondering your experience when faced with the material you don't agree with, if any. Hope you guys had fun. Party on. John K. Heavy. Heavy. Um, yeah. So I've dealt with this a lot. So I am a SAA lead instructor. I have also taken my IDP, Instructor Development Program course, which you need to be a lead instructor. I've given the level one and level two tests. So I got a lot of experience with this. I've taught at camp for many years. And just to check it off the box right away, what do I do when the material is solid but I disagree with it? I present the material as the SCAA slates. Because in those scenarios, it doesn't actually matter if I agree with the material or not. When I'm at something like camp or an SCAA workshop, even though I'm not getting paid for it, it's all volunteer stuff, I am basically representing the SCAA on their platform. So I need to teach basically what people pay for. You know, it's not my decision to be like, well, I know you guys paid for this SCAA level one barista course, but let me tell you what, I know the better way to do it. I'm just going to take this platform and tell you how badass I am because that's just lame and ridiculous. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just... It's about agendas again, It's pompous dude. and right. arrogant, and I'm not that guy. I do have very strong opinions, but there's a time and a place. Yep. So when you get into the SCA course, you've got a mix of people, like I'm assuming you, who probably have a ton of experience outside of this SCAA um, coursework. There's people who are brand new, people who have been baristas for years. You know, and the people who have been baristas for years always want to talk a little bit more about this, that, and the other. So I'll usually give a disclaimer. If we're taking, you know, Espresso 101 or, you know, CP 102, this is an entry-level class. We're sticking to the course framework. If you have questions that are outside the scope of this class, let me know after class. I'm totally down to talk with you for like four hours about extraction percentage or super weird redistribution techniques or whatever you want to talk about. But right now in front of this whole class is not the time and the place because you know, people need to get what they paid for. Yep. And on disagreeing with the course material, you got to kind of take the SCAA stuff for what it is. The fact that you're seeing like, okay, some people are doing this differently. I found better results than following this. That's good. Cause I feel the same way. Most of the brewing or espresso fundamentals anyway, I don't really use them on a regular basis. Oh, Jared's mom's calling. <laughs> Silent. <laughs> I love Sorry, you, Mom. Sorry, Mom. You're cool. But, uh, I'm doing something. You know, you got to figure out what works best 
for you, your customers, your cafe, and your particular style. Style comes into play a lot. A lot. Because you, you want your coffee to be a reflection of you and what you believe. But the thing about the SCAA courses, you can think about them as setting a baseline. Which if, is important. Right? If you and I lived on different sides of the country, we both took SCAA courses. Say we both took CP 101. We're both level one certified. We could have a conversation about coffee, refer back to the standards, even mm-hmm. if we both don't use those. Yeah. I mean, uh, the first thing I thought of when you we were when you were reading that is he mentioned something about people that he respects doing it differently. And I, this isn't even to call out anybody, but I started immediately thinking to myself, like how many people say that and actually haven't been able to, to have the experience of tasting it all. Just kind of assuming based on these people's names, like for me, all anybody on the East coast, right. I've always wanted to go to every man and all these places in New York who probably make coffee slightly differently than so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. I know I already respect them based on competition, but I've never tasted it. And I just wonder, not necessarily to this gent, but people, how many people just go, well, they did awesome here and they did awesome there and they're doing it like this and it must be the best. And there's too many variables that go into play. Like you said, make coffee that identifies with you that you like the best. They might be doing that, but like that might be for them only. Like, like how do you we- know that it's any good? Like if someone is on, if someone's in Michigan, yeah. right now and we open our store down the street and they're like yeah jared and chris are making an awesome it's coffee the best coffee they don't really know nobody knows nobody time, knows except whoever's talk. in yeah i'm like i get kind of angry by that because it puts <laughs> all of our industry in this box of whoever's the industry leader being the loudest and like ends up being right and i always hated this in the past and i'll hate it now like don't make coffee how chris and i make it just because we say to like make good coffee Make good coffee make for you. How, yeah, don't make it how you and Richmond think is the best because we said so, or someone in LA, or someone in freaking UK or Hong Kong. Like, find what works and make it good. Because, dude, these coffees are all roasted differently. They don't taste a 17 in and 50 out doesn't always taste good, depending on the solubility and the roast levels of your coffee. Some people like bake coffee and it only tastes good pulled shorter. And some people, it's just nuts, dude. Like. I can't deal with it. <laughs> I just can't deal with it. I can't deal with it either. It's it's pretty weird because they're like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I re- if you read the blogs or even just listen to us and follow, it's, you're missing the point. You know what I mean? Also, like, forgive this, but like, <laughs> oh no, res- like, what is when you say like it, you respect these people? You might on the surface, but like, how many of us actually know these people? Like, we're taking. We're taking, including you guys listening to us, you're taking sort of surface level. Like we're trying to dive deep and tell you things and like you may respect us, but like unless you've come in and had coffee in our cafes and like experienced us in our element, competition does not necessarily like give you the full picture of who we are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or well, like, it's or not like even any, just competition. It's a, any av- avenue. Yeah. You know, I had, there's like New York times article or, you know, LA eater had, I had 37 blogs and LA eater calling me out as the bomb or not. I, that actually didn't happen. I'm but just like, it could happen. Example. Yeah. yeah. Like we could be totally, I'm looking at a bunch of sick trophies right now, <laughs> <laughs> but these people could be total a holes in real life. Like famous people that we all love can turn out to be assholes. And I just like, 
in my mind, in my heart, I'm like, stop. We can't love people just based on like what you think the industry says about them. Like you have to love people based on your experience and you can respect people on like these levels. You can like respect things that have been accomplished. I'm super down with that. But until you like get to get into it within them and know them as like human beings, don't just automatically assume that us or anybody else in this industry is like badass for the sake of like, or like better than anybody else. Like we're all human beings. And I just, I, that's my rant. I'm done with it. I just get tired of that stuff for some reason. Yeah. You definitely don't have to keep up with the Joneses to make good coffee. No, your customers care about you. Your customers care about you. You should be mostly concerned with what your immediate customer base and yourself. And yourself. And yourself more than any. And if, you know, if you let's pick on who's a famous person we can pick on, then won't get upset. Uh, Heather Perry. Is she famous still? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> so, Pete Licata. He won't get upset. Pete won't get upset. No. Yeah. He loves us. I'm not even. I love Heather, by the way. <laughs> I, I just know. think when people are talking about third wave coffee and currently they're not thinking Heather Perry and that's not a slam to her because no, she's true. killing it and she killed it harder than. No, no, no. I, I don't think you're slamming you know her either. Saying? I just didn't. I, I think maybe <laughs> you're right. Like we're kind of old too. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. We've been in this team. David Schomer. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of David Schomer? <laughs> you know? latte. Yeah, I mean he he's pretty hot in it, but I how well how are you gonna make fun of him? I forgot now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe we don't even have a way to make fun of him. Oh, yeah, in I this had case. something. I had something really. Or are we just gonna use somebody who's famous? I was just gonna use somebody. Oh, then use I, Pete. I mean, if you took Pete or even like like Matt, like. P the oh, perg Matt, the perg master oh, yeah, yeah he, we'll, he wouldn't be mad we'll take Matt because he's he's super, super famous, famous and super secure which is nice it's because he looks like Justin Timberlake he does I would be very secure if I looked like Justin Timberlake too I'd be like do you want to have relations with me yes thank you I already know the answer I already know the answer <laughs> choose choose <laughs> and it's yes um you know he's got really strong ideas about how coffee should be he's done a lot of testing he's got stuff to back that up but if you're making coffee you love it. Your customers love it. The people that you're selling it to love it. You shouldn't worry about this isn't what Matt's doing or this isn't what Pete's doing or this isn't what Heather's doing or this isn't what Jared's doing. It mm-hmm. shouldn't even cross your mind. It's like nice to be aware of that stuff to participate in the industry because it's really fun. Right. But other than that, you don't need someone else to decide what your standard of quality is. Pretty much. Because information's available good green coffee's available pretty good roasting information's available you have taste buds make it how you want it mm-hmm. i say this over and over again it's like a broken record like how bummed out would we be if all restaurants made food the same way no doubt you'd be super bummed so appreciate that diversity in coffee that like diversity of culture and not everybody has to do what the new hot guy is saying it doesn't matter or gal or gal <laughs> <laughs> whatever hot people no dude hot people hot, hot, hot focus people. on your, focus on your text focus Fo- on your repeatability focus on your lack of waste yeah just focus do, on your customer service you do you you gotta do you but with the scaa stuff i mean take it for what it's worth you and know it's worth a lot for somebody who's getting into the game and if yeah if you if you paid over a thousand bucks to go to camp me as um you know if i paid that money i wouldn't want some like pompous a whole instructor to be like actually i'm not going to teach you the course material i'm just going to teach you my own thing because that's just not right 
So, you know, if you do end up being an SCA instructor, which you should because it's a great experience, you'll meet a lot of awesome people. When you're in classroom, stick to the coursework. If you're at camp, you'll have plenty of time to geek out on your own thing outside of the classroom. Plenty of time. Classroom's just like, you know, 50% of it. The other 50% is hangout time and you can talk about whatever you want. Someone else had a question, Chris, that relates to this a little bit. What do you think the value would be for somebody who is looking to dive deeper? Like, where's the value in going to uh, like a barista camp, right? That whole mm. weekend and all the social and all the awesome and the get together and the collab versus like <laughs> trying, to, trying to hire somebody who, you know, like, like world champion Pete Licata for like a grand, two grand a day. Yep. You yeah, know, this saying, like people have asked us that before and, and there's different reasons to do both things. There's different reasons to do both things. I feel caught in between because I participated in those events a lot and yep. I, I think they're awesome. If you want to learn how to make coffee very fast and get your money's worth, you should hire a professional like Heather or Pete to come train you. Yep. Hands down, no question asked. If you could get, you know, a thousand bucks a day or a few thousand bucks for a few days. I'm just making these numbers up. I yeah. don't know what they actually cost. That is real tangible value. You will learn more about coffee preparation, how to apply it on your bar than you will at a SCAA barista camp in a focused environment, in a sure. focused environment. I'm sorry, barista camp, but that's just true. That's just how it works. But, but you miss out on if you want to feel like you're engaged in the coffee community. If you value those, social connections and the network and also the collaboration of minds just to like, like the get to the next level yeah sometimes you get some really amazing ideas out of collaborating with men, many minds right too the, many mind the t too many mind is that karate kid <laughs> no that was uh the last samurai last samurai with obvious big know, tc <laughs> <laughs> with obvious tom last samurai. Cruise. Tom Cruise. <laughs> he's just crushing it dude <laughs> too many mind too many mind too many mind yeah the and it's not to say that the coursework at the SAA is bad or anything, but that's just a snippet of what you get. You're going to get less hard info and more community chat time. Mm -hmm. You're going to go to class. Depending on what your level is, you might learn something. You Okay, for example, Jared over here is not a level one certified barista. Because I'm not a good barista. Because he's not a good, he's horrible barista. <laughs> So if he goes on and paper is, I'm a and is like, barista. I want to go to SCAA, he's literally going to learn nothing in class. He's going to learn the SCAA framework, which he will not be able to apply to our cafe because his skill level is way beyond that. And for a lot of people, that's the case too. And if you're starting from zero and want to go to hero, it's not the best place for you either because you're going to learn some good fundamentals, but you're still not going to be able to really make espresso and steam milk. Whereas if you paid someone like Heather or Pete a couple grand, by the end of the weekend or week, you would have a pretty good idea of what it took to make espresso and steam milk in your cafe. You might even be able to pour a swan. You might even be able to swan it out, dude. <laughs> Ducktails. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <-hoo>. Woo! <laughs> oh, hey, welcome to the coffee shop. Yeah. We got some people coming in the house. Um, but yeah, you know, explore which path is right for you. It doesn't really matter. It just depends on what you want to get. If you value that social aspect, I'm just repeating myself. I, no, no, no. I, I value the social aspect a lot. Like sometimes I come back more amped on the social aspect than the actual coffee quality. Oh, for and, sure. And technical quality. Well, it's the same thing about competition. Half of the stoke is being around all those people and just 
feeling like you're fired up, feeling like you're a part of something. You maybe unloaded some sick ideas. You had a couple drinks. You had some round tables. And you're like, dude, I'm part of this bigger thing. I got these yep. new ideas. Let's freaking roll, dude. You can't really put a price on that. And no. there's not that many places to get it. And SCA, Barista Camp, BGA stuff is a great place to go to get it. And uh, oddly enough, some of those people who are looking to figure out how to get to roasting or like a higher level of being a barista, sometimes you need to get those connections to get to a different company to get that education that you need on the long run. So there's some value there too for connects. For sure. Yeah. (sighs) It's just just different. They're just different. They're just different. They're just different. But somebody asked us, so we figured, you know, might as well talk about it. (laughs) Okay. What else we got? I don't know. This might be the end of one Q&A. We're coming up on 40. 40? Oh, yeah. That's that's deep in the game. Yeah, we should wrap that up. So you've been listening to Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast, broadcasting semi-live from Santa Cruz, California, near Capitola Woo! on the east side. We're on 41st Avenue right Ooh. here looking out the window. What do you see? I see uh, the sun's coming out. And, uh, that's, is that the ocean mm. over there? It's the ocean over there. Wow. It was kind of raining, but um, yeah. Near the beach, boy. Right near the beach. Boy. boy. This is Chris Baca. And I'm Jared Truby. And we'll talk to you soon. Holla. Bye. Bye.